0: Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, I'm Jack Murley and each and every week myself and co-host professional rugby player Charlie Beckett cast our eye across everything happening inside and outside the squared circle in a wrestling show by fans for fans. Coming up today, the charismatic enigma Jeff Hardy's run seems to be over with WWE. We look at that and discuss why his release hits so hard for so many of us. AEW had CM Punk come out and heel on MJF's hometown hero Welcome in Long Island, so that's on the agenda and the fact that Team Taz finally sent Hook. All of that, plus a farewell to Ring of Honour, or at least for now, your top moments of 2021, along with Model Railways, Wanamageddon, and so much more, coming up right now on Earning the Push.
1: My straightaway reaction was just hoping he's okay. As you said, we know the struggles he's had. There's a very well-documented one in TNA where he turns up to the main event with Sting and isn't really fit for purpose that day because of alcohol and drugs, etc. So to hear from his wife, Beth, and from Matt, on social media, etc., that he's okay it's just a huge relief. So that's the main thing. Apart from that now, it's almost quite exciting to see what he does next because I know I'm not probably not as big a Jeff Hardy fan as you, but I'd love one last run of him and Matt doing something in a w if he wants to wrestle still, if he wants to come back. But absolutely, my main and major concern was just that he was okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We would echo that. Whatever has happened that has led to Jeff Hardy being released from WWE, You have to feel it wasn't coming, given the fact they just put him on the Broken Skull sessions with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And again, let's underline, we want him to be well. We want him to be better. That is all that matters here. But from a wrestling point of view, it does seem a shame that that one last run that so many folks hoped he would get now more likely than not isn't going to happen in WWE.
1: Yeah, I don't think we'll see him back in the WWE ring, unfortunately, because it's as as much as he's been away and come back, been away come back, WWE is where he made his name. It's where he's had his biggest moments. So I absolutely think he deserved one last run, one last push in that main event scene. And I think you're right. I don't think we'll see that in WWE now. I do think we'll see one last run for Jeff Hardy somewhere in wrestling, though. I do think that'll be AEW. And hopefully he gets treated the way he deserves there and gets to go out on his own terms.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we should say... You know this is a big story where my day job over at the BBC are writing about this for the website, that actually the, Jeff Hardy's release is something that transcended wrestling in a way. It did resonate with people who maybe only had sort of a cursory relationship with the business.
1: He's one of those names, isn't he, that in the, in the boom period of Attitude Era, and then coming out of that into the ruthless aggression, he was... He was one of the biggest names. Everyone knew who Jeff Hardy was because he did the, the crazy stunts. He came off the ladders. He did the funny walk to the ring. So I remember growing up in, in the playground, everyone was doing the Jeff Hardy walk, entrance walk. That, that was what you did. So he's one of those names who has transcended the wrestling business a bit. So it just shows, it shows now doesn't it, the, the effects that wrestling can have. And actually, as much as it's a niche sport and people laugh at people for liking it, actually, everyone knows who big, big wrestlers are. They, are. they are almost household names.
0: So let's talk about, as we wish Jeff Hardy well, Johnny Gargano, because last week we recorded before we knew what was happening with Johnny Gargano, whether it was an angle, whether it was a work, whether actually we'd be seeing more Johnny Gargano on NXT 2.0 TV. It seems pretty clear as we sit here now that he is a free agent. His contract is up. And so is Kyle O'Reilly. They are both potentially going to be able to consider pastures new.
1: It's bongers, isn't it? It's, Some of the biggest stars NXT have. the Johnny Gargano is the life and soul of NXT. I spoke last week about Kyle O'Reilly being the breakout star, I think, arguably the Undisputed Era. That's who he should have been. That's who it should have been. And they're both gone now. And you only really see if that's what they want to do, one landing place for them. And with Johnny Gargano, you put him in there with anyone and he'll be brilliant. There are so many dream matches for him.
0: I love the way that Gargano went out as well with Grayson Waller destroying him. If you're going to go, that's a way to go out. And I love that he did business, quote unquote, in the right way on his way out of NXT. Yeah, absolutely. I was outraged. I was livid. Did you see spoilers? Because you weren't going to see
1: spoilers. No, no, no. I didn't see spoilers. I was watching it. And then he just hit with a chair and I was like, what are you doing? I was like, don't do that to Johnny when he's saying bye. So, And then all I was chumpled to come down and make the save and he didn't. I was a little bit disappointed. It was absolutely the right thing. He got his moment Speaking to the fans, I'm glad they let him have that. And then, yeah, put someone over. That, that's how you do it, isn't it? That that's You listen to any of the vets, anyone who says the right way to do it, you go out, put the next guy over. So, like you said, it seems, quote-unquote, Johnny did business with WWE.
0: Now, last week we recorded before Gargano said goodbye, so we couldn't tell you what was going on. Today we're recording on a Tuesday, but this will be released after AEW's Winter is Coming. Huge event. Brian Danielson challenging Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Championship. By the time you listen to this, you will know what has happened, so we're not going to talk about that event. What we will talk about is CM Punk healing it up over MJF in his home arena, which I liked very much. But I feel like everything we've said has been a precursor to Hook. Can we talk about Hook? Of course we can, Jack. I will let you lead the way. Well, I feel uncomfortable leading the way. I I, I feel so, so conflicted, right? Because there is a part of me that just fancies the pants off Hook. Let's, Let's call a spade a spade. So when he debuted, myself, and it must be said, a lot of other LGBTQ plus wrestling fans... That saw that debut went wow, but hmm, what? Why are we? Why do we like this? So I had to come to you and say, am I by it? Because that to me was awesome. What did you think? It was a
1: very very good debut. They presented him as an absolute star. He got all this stuff in. It was a squash, but without feeling ridiculous. Like it just it felt like a squash, not because the other guy was awful, but because Hook was brilliant. They're the bad was When when the other guy, whoever it is in the squash get squashed, it's because they seem to be bad at wrestling. It doesn't do what it needs to for the star. But it seemed like you could have put anyone in there with him and he, he would have squashed them. That that was the feeling I got. They presented him brilliantly. And I'm a very heterosexual man. Never never had a doubt about that in my life. But, oh, he's a, he's a pretty man, isn't he? He's a good-looking boy.
0: I had to send Char- Charlie a message saying, I need a straight opinion on this because I I accept that I may be biased looking at that, but there was this the buzz around him sort of came from nowhere. It was like this organic thing where people mm. were and it almost started like a joke. Oh send hook, send hook. And my god they sent him. And oh they, they did. He, they've got a star on their hands if they book him right.
1: Absolutely. I think they've probably stumbled across it by accident and you just have to go with it. I really enjoyed you could he was doing his best not to but hearing how proud Taz was on yeah. commentary of his son. He was just so proud, wasn't he? And he did, bless him, he did his best. It wasn't his words that gave it away. It was how he sounded. He was just beaming with pride, wasn't he? Which I love to hear.
0: Now, I'm going to say something that's going to sound, make me sound like Vincent McMahon. Is Hook's size a problem? Because while I looked at him and he was a killer in the ring, could you believe him down the line in there against... I don't know, let's just pick a name, against an Adam Cole or a, a Sammy Guevara or someone like that. And we're talking way off, but he isn't the biggest bloke and he's not a cruiserweight. Yeah, I,
1: it's an interesting one because I think against those guys, not a problem. I think when you put him in there with someone huge, so if you your issues is if you want to present him as a monster who crushes people, who squashes people, because you put him in there against a mirror, you put him in there against a luchasaurus, you put him against there, we saw... Um, a Ring of Honor Final Battle, uh, Braun Strowman was back as the Titan. Now, if he's back wrestling, you'd imagine he'll end up over at AEW at some point. You put me there with someone like that and you try to present to me that he's going to squash them or be dominant there. them. I'm going to struggle to believe it just on science, on size of people. Now, what what you have to be careful of is, and in, what will be interesting is how they present him. How does he continue beating people who are bigger than him? If it's just that he is too clinical he's too aggressive he's too good at what he does quote like a malachi black sort of thing where he's just he kicks your head off no matter how big you are because he's really good at kicking your head off then i could see it working but i do see point of it's an interesting thing to do if they're going to present him as a monster now we've seen him squash one person smaller than him that does not mean that's how they're going to present him But actually how they do present him in the coming weeks and months will be very interesting because you may run into issues thereof. It becoming unbelievable when he's fighting six foot six to eight to seven foot monsters and you're like, well, they just squash your little finger because you aren't a big man.
0: I mean, I think we just have to enjoy it for what it is at the moment. I don't want to see him wrestle every week. I think that you can bump a rating out of getting hooked to wrestle every now and then. And speaking of things I enjoyed a lot and didn't think I'd see, CM Punk. Coming out at the start of a Long Island dynamite in MJF's home area and just healing it up on the crowd, you could tell he was having the time of his life. Does that
1: um, have you seen AW put a uh, promo like graphic out? It's just a still and it's just punk smiling and it just says when you're getting booed, but you know you're right. And he's just having the best fun, isn't he? The best fun. This, this. Feud is going to bring the best of Punk out, I think, and MJF. But this is going to, this is what Punk needed to get back from being. And I can't be about to say this, going a bit not stale, but just being another thing on AW because we're seeing him every week. Because my God, they're getting their money's worth out of CM Punk, aren't they? We are seeing him every week, and it's almost I'm not pinching myself anymore. I'm seeing CM Punk in a wrestling ring. I'm just like, oh, okay, another another member of the roster here. Whereas now I'm getting excited about seeing him again because. I can't miss what him and MJF are doing every week because it, it you can't miss it. It's it, it's must watch.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's the irony of this. Look, if at the start of the year, we'd have been saying in January, look, here we are in December, and we're saying that CM Punk was not can't see, can't miss in a wrestling ring, people wouldn't have believed it. But MJF has elevated CM Punk because you... I go back to it. What do you want to see if, if you've got 10 minutes free in your morning on a Thursday and you put on YouTube, what's the one thing you're looking for from Dynamite? It's what MJF and CM Punk did. And and MJF plays such a huge part in that.
1: And that's such a huge point because I know it's how I do it. I'm 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 too busy to sit down and have two hours free a lot of the time. So how I consume my wrestling is in 10 or 15 minute chunks. So I sit down in the morning, I have a coffee before I go and train, I'll put a bit of dynamite on or raw or NIT or whatever was the night before. I come back train have my breakfast for ten. I'll sit down and have my breakfast, i have take 10 minutes. What right? What can I watch in 10 minutes? That's how I consume wrestling now mainly. Now, big shows, of course, I'll find, Who is it's the big show. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I couldn't <laughs> not there. Had to do came, it. it came in my head and I said, Charlie, don't do it. And then another part of me said, No, no, make sure you do it. But yeah, big pay-per-views and big dynamites like this week. Yes, I will carve out the time, but week to week. I don't have just a spare two hours here and there. That, that, that's not how I consume wrestling anymore. So it's such a good point of you need to be creating things that can be consumed in 10, 20 minutes. And that's the first thing I go, look, I'm on YouTube or I'm on Fight TV, Jack's Fight TV, not the <coughs> chair one. Yeah, and I'm there and I'm going, okay, I'm going to scroll through and find this bit of the show because that's what I want to see. And it's really, it's, it's such a good point, And that is the first thing I'm going to right now.
0: I love how you underscore you're a very heterosexual man, apart from our Fight TV subscription, where we're basically a married couple sharing
1: yes. it. It's, it's hilarious, isn't it? It's such a thing as, like, I, I trade one streaming service that I subscribe to to another with my sister, and we have it. It's
0: just hilarious how the world. I do reckon about three
1: people have signed into Netflix in the world. I think three people have a Netflix account, everyone else just shares them.
0: Now, this comes to us from Andrew, who heard us talking about the uh, Flaming Table spot last week. Says, listening to you and Charlie talk about Cody and the Flaming Table, and I think Charlie's point was he doesn't always know what to expect from AEW, and I think that's an important one, considering how there often aren't any stakes in WWE or we're facepalming about it. For what it's worth, I woke up to a message from one of my pals who I got into wrestling with at uni, that has had to put up with me raving on about AEW for the last couple of weeks, or years. So I think that although it might have seemed random to us watching wrestling every week, it's something that might have caught the eye for the fabled casual fan that we've been talking about. Uh, Andrew goes on to say, you have to have faith in the process. I think this is a beauty of AEW um, in terms of their characters and, and building people up. Actually, one thing that did surprise me from AEW is we didn't see any follow-up to that at all, really. We got a lovely, lovely little heel-turn tease from Cody Rhodes, where he teased going down the wrong tunnel and came back. So I think he's going heel. But we didn't get any follow-up to the fact he went through a table. If I had gone through a table on fire, and the next week... Because this
1: is one of my favourite things in wrestling. We almost pretend that no-one talks about anything all week until we get back to the same show next time, and then we just pick up where we left off. If that had happened, I would want someone to go is your back all right, child? You went went through a table on fire last week. Someone follow up for me. Someone ask if I'm okay. But no, they didn't. Yeah, that tease was very good, wasn't it? And you're not telling me you're doing that and not turning heels. So I'm really intrigued on when they're going to pull the trigger that and how they do it, because we are desperate to boo him and to give us a reason to. So who's he going to turn on? What's he going to do for us to know that, okay, we now almost have permission Cody Rose properly.
0: I don't think he's how do I phrase this? I don't think he's going to turn. I think he's got well, I think he will turn heel by becoming an uber babyface if that makes sense. He'll become so smarmy. He will become, so, yeah, small, okay, he will become okay. so nice. He will he will just turn things up. You know, how nice was he to Sammy Guevara? Yeah, Good yeah, luck, yeah. kid. I think that's what we're getting. And so I don't think there'll be an official turn. So he can then say, hey, you turned on me. I've never changed. But I like it. And I like we seem to be getting there.
1: Could he go for the whole you, you turned on me, you changed. So now I have permission to change. And that's how he gets himself back in the world title picture.
0: Oh, I think of so. The,
1: the crowd changed. So why shouldn't he? Because you can't tell me at some point he doesn't need to be back in it. I know he lost to MJF, so he said he never would. But he needs to be back in it one day, doesn't he?
0: More fun and games we saw on SmackDown this week as well. Sami Zayn, Brock Lesnar. Go on, Charlie. Oh, I
1: didn't know I needed to hear Brock Lesnar speak French.
0: <laughs> again, again, I'm going to say it.
1: Very heterosexual man. Not sure I was in that moment. When, come <laughs> and speak French to me, Brock. Let's see where that goes.
0: Mate, if I, if I could give you a word of advice, a word of advice... If you were going to have your first man on man experience, don't don't do it with Brock Lesnar. All right, e- ease yourself in, my friend. E- yes. Ease yourself no, in. Yeah, that's, that's good advice there, Jack. Oh, it was good. I'm re- I, Jack's gone. We've lost
1: Jack. For, we've lost Jack for the foreseeable future. Carry on. You um, take it. I'll carry on. I'll try some present fonts. once. Um, I was just pleased we saw um, some follow up of Sami Zayn in the main event picture still. I was really worried we were going to get some brilliant work from him in the last few weeks of winning that royal rum, um, that battle royal, then the storyline with Brock, then getting battered in one to ten seconds or whatever it was. I was worried that was going to be it. Mm. Straight away, we're straight back in with him, and he's just so good in that role, isn't he? Brock, speaking French, was just brilliant. He, he, this is the best Brock Lesnar. This is my favourite Brock Lesnar in his dungaree overalls, because why, why wouldn't you turn up to wrestling your dungarees? And also, I kind of want to see the buddy cop movie of Sami Zayn and Brock Lesnar out in Canada together. I kind of
0: want to see them out there just hunting moose together. What Brock does so well is he never loses a mystique through the comedy. No. You, you He does the comedy, but you know that snap of the fingers and you get that guy back. And maybe this is a character development we haven't seen from Brock that made you not always his biggest fan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's more than just the guy who turns up. Squash someone leaves now. He and I didn't know Brock Lesnar could do comedy. Did the, the bit with Adam Pierce backstage with the flip phone? Of course, of course Brock Lesnar has a flip phone. Of course he does. And of course he went moose on Of course he called it Pierce and um, gutted and skinned and everything. This moose while thinking of Adam Pierce. Of course he did. I just yeah, I thought it was brilliant. And then of course Heyman gets involved. And what game is he playing? Because why, why is he in that ring? Now, is he playing a game or was he in that ring watching Brock Lesnar be all soft and smiley and cheery? With and was he genuinely like, no, 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 I didn't pluck you out of developmental back in the day. I didn't build you up. This isn't the man I put years and years into. And did, did he actually genuinely, without Rowan there, get frustrated at Brock not being the killer he made him and want him to snap back into that, which he did with 30 seconds of Paul re- um, riling him up? Or is he playing some sort of game? I don't know the answer, but I don't know. And I like not knowing. I'm intrigued.
0: I think we will know soon, because if we're getting if we're getting Roman versus Brock at WrestleMania, because that seems to be where we're going. You can't take this feud, in my opinion, to give it the blow off it needs at WrestleMania without playing out that Heyman. And Brock and Roman storyline—you can't leave that to one side for a WrestleMania main event—and and you know time is ticking. We're almost at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, and it'll be very interesting this Friday. What um, what Roman has to say about it all, about what happened last week without him being there. So it was very interesting. But no, I think this is doing you know, a great job of elevating Sami Zayn, who I've said I think is criminally underrated and is brilliant, and I hope comes out of this looking better than going into it. I think we're seeing a brilliant Brock Lesnar and we'll talk about it later when we do our moments of the year, but we've had a discussion on Twitter, even though I don't think he's got a moment The reason my top three, Roman Reigns has been the best thing all year and this is just a culmination of that storyline now. And I don't know if we're coming to the end of it, I don't really know, but we're coming into the final, the final plays of it, I'd say. Now that's another six months, three months, year, whatever, but it's very interesting and what I love is it's two years' worth of storytelling playing out.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out now. My pick for Mr. Money in the Bank 2022 has to be Sami Zayn. It has to be. How good would he be as the pest heel with that briefcase?
1: Yeah, I think you're so right. So right. And I still want to see his documentary of him being screwed. I want to see a documentary about the conspiracy theory against him.
0: Now, look, um, before we get on to some uh, moments of the year, you and I are not the biggest Ring of Honor watchers, but we would be remiss if we didn't mention that ROH is now on hiatus after its final battle pay-per-view. It is amazing how much talent came through that company. There is an argument that every main eventer on the men's side of things in the big two companies owes something to Ring of Honor. I'd say pretty much unless you are clean-cut
1: WWE developmental like Roman Reigns. He's never been anywhere else. Anyone who's been at any point on the independent circuit who is main eventing and won the big two was saying thank you to Ring of Honor. It it, it can't be understated what that company's done for the wrestling industry. And I hope we see them back. Like I say, not the biggest fan. haven't watched that much. Gone back and watched matches that I've been told to. But I think any wrestling fan can understand what that company's done for the industry. And especially with how many people are now not being signed by WWE and AEW, I think the wrestling industry will be a better place for having a strong ring of honour um, in the future, hopefully.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just look. Uh, Tyler Black was Seth Rollins. Sami Zayn was El Generico. Kevin Owens was Kevin Steves. Whoa, 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 whoa. So what,
1: what, 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 what? Sami Zayn
0: was El Generico.
1: So I've heard. Rumors. I, think you, I, I think you might have to do some better research on that
0: one. I'll cut that out you're right CM Punk was there Brian Danielson was there Adam Page was there the young bucks was there I don't think it's any exaggeration to say that without ring of honor you don't get the NXT we love yeah. and without the NXT we love you don't get AEW I mean it is it is Almost a point zero for the wrestling scene as it is now. And that is a huge tribute to that company, which never had the biggest distribution, never had the biggest um, buy in. It was never more than the third company. And I say that respectively. And yet the waves it sent through the industry. Amazing.
1: And its legacy will always live on in what NXT became and what AEW is now. I think you're completely right in that.
0: It's a season of goodwill, so from our Earning the Push family to you, thank you so much for listening, rating, reviewing, and subscribing, and making this show what it is. We couldn't do it without you, as you are what makes this podcast such fun for myself and Charlie. We are proud to be wrestling fans, and we're proud to have you listening. So if you haven't done it already, hit that subscribe button so fresh episodes are delivered to your device each and every week. And tell a mate who loves wrestling to check out what we do here and now back to the show so let's get on to some moments of the year and oh, this has got people talking because the t- the topic was simply tell us your top 3 moments of the year in the world of professional wrestling and oh it was a stinker people have really struggled with this it's going to be the next couple of weeks but charlie people were so torn i think only when you sit down and do this do you realize what
1: a year we've had. I think we all know it's been a big year, but to try and put three, I could, I could probably give you 10 that any other year would make you top three, pretty much. It's been a bonkers year. When we sit down in January 2022 and we look at when we started this in January 2021 and how different the landscape of wrestling is, this year, I think, genuinely, since WCW folded, will be the most significant year the wrestling industry has seen since. In the last 20 years, Easy.
0: Yeah. And for all our moaning and nitpicking and what we would do better, we are so appreciative of that fact that, that that wrestling is just brilliant at the moment. Uh, we've got so many to dive into. It'll be this week and uh, next time we're together as well. Uh, Ewan says uh, CM Punk's return has to be number one for me. End of All Out with Adam Cole and Brian Danielson debuting has to be number two. Uh, interesting third choice, because we, we are getting much of a muchness for the top two. Mm. The third choice is where people are going a bit rogue. Ewan says number three, Xavier Woods winning King of the Ring.
1: Yeah, that was a brilliant moment because that had been how many years ago, how long have we heard Xavier Woods talk about wanting to be king of the ring? And it was just great to see him, the quote unquote third man of the new day, get, get his moment and get something for him. Because he's another man who's criminally underrated, both on the mic and in the ring. He's brilliant. And I really enjoy watching him as king of the ring. And I think it's been a brilliant moment for him.
0: Is it a top three though? And look, it's all opinions and speculation. Yeah. For you for you, not not for th- me. Not for me. No. And you're one of the New Day's biggest boosters, so it doesn't even make it for you.
1: Yeah, I just think any other year it would have been definitely contingent. This year's just been crazy.
0: And yeah, it's been crazy. Retrograde says number one CM Punk returning number two and above Adam Cole's AEW debut Ruby Soho's AEW debut and then number three is Adam Cole switching to the yellow and black brand over in AEW Ruby Soho turning up in AEW we said at the time you got to feel for Ruby Soho because she's great in AEW but she debuted on a night when two of the biggest stars in the industry turned up and she was an afterthought.
1: I probably, if I was I would have said, could we wait a week? Let's hold fire on this a week, lads. Let, let's just, maybe not the night Adam Cole and Brian Danielson debut. Maybe I'll wait. But no, she's brilliant, and she's doing some great work in that women's division. You do have to feel for her, though, and it, it's nice to see people giving her the respect she deserves and remembering her day that Because it was it was a huge thing. She came out for the Battle Royal, didn't she? But just not the night to do it. You're going you're gonna to get forgotten, because it doesn't matter who you are. There aren't many people who will... Be remembered over the debuts of cole and danielson that night
0: no not not i mean danielson overshadows cole to to mm. to a degree by like a smidge but so if you think about that um actually this doesn't make mine but i want to throw ruby soho into something that's almost been a slow boil this year that i think is important aw's women's division has become a real asset and there was a lot of criticism about how maybe it was being left behind and tony khan said actually just let us book this slowly we'll get there and that thunder rosa brit baker i think it was st patrick's day street fight was absolutely brutal ruby soho comes in um i i think that's a low-key story of the year how aw's women's division has just grown
1: it's probably been a victim of the size of the men's division, how quickly it's grown, because they've had more high-profile names across, and the women haven't really. The only one has been Ruby Soho that I can think off the top of my head. You haven't had... If you think about the level of star that the men's division has had, that would be like Trish Strata's coming out of retirement and coming oh, across God. in CM Damn. Punk. It would be like... When losing Danielson and Cole would be like almost losing Charlotte and Bailey over to AEW. They haven't had that level of star power. Come across, they had to build it themselves, and that's going to take time. You're building lesser-known stars from the independent scene or wherever into the main mainstream audience, and yeah, and they've done a brilliant job of building these stars. And now it's it's a very very good and competitive women's division with a number of stars who they can main event a show like that.
0: Andrew says, how uh, could it not be CM Punk's return at number one? Number two, the end of All Out. And number three, the Young Bucks versus Lucha Bro in the uh, steel cage. Uh, for the sake of mentioning some others, the opening stretch of Double or Nothing with fans back for the first time was amazing. And it's still surreal that we saw Danielson versus Kenny Omega. And I was thinking, do you know what? I don't even think that would make my list. And yet, Darren on Twitter says Omega versus Danielson would definitely be in it for me. The pre opening lockup by itself was unreal. You could see Brian's pure joy for the moment written on his face. And I totally got it. I hadn't seen anything like that in years. It doesn't make my top three that we saw Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega at the Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York on free TV. Yeah, I mean, when you say it like that, it's just bonkers. That, that,
1: I've said bonkers a lot today. That, that sums up this year. Like, any other year, that's your match of the year in a heartbeat. That's not even my match of the year. Omega Danielson, which was brilliant, it, it, it delivered on the hype. It wasn't as if they didn't deliver. Like, it wasn't as if they had an off day. They delivered on the hype. And I still think there was a better wrestling match this year. So it, it's just been... It, we are spoiled currently, and we are wrestling fans, so we
0: will still complain. But we are spoilt at the moment. Do you want to get into yours then before we go back to some of the ones we've had in?
1: Go on, I'll give you mine and then you can go next week. My top two are unsurprising. You you won't beat CM Punk's return. You, you just won't You just won't do it. It was perfect, and it, and it it, it uh, weather gets thrown around a lot, but it was perfect. Number two is the end of All Out. I loved I loved the the whole surprise of we all thought we were getting Danielson. Then Adam Cole comes out, and we didn't know what that was happening or when it was happening. So they were like, "Oh, that's the big one." And it looks like it's all wrapping up, and the tease of is he going to come out and feud with the elites, but no, he just joined straight in. And then you get Brian Danielson, and just, I mean, what more can you want as a wrestling fan? Like that's that's just an explosion of moments we never thought we'd get, and just incredible. And then third is it's a match. It's my match of the year in total, but one moment in it. Uh, my match of the year is Walter versus Dragunov. I just think it was just everything. It's brilliant. And the moment of Dragunov tapping him out at the end, that's how you make a star. Um, not that they've capitalised on it since, I have to say, but that moment of watching Dragunov tap out Walter to win the UK title and his face after, just, yeah, that's that's my match of the year. That, I've watched that three or four times since. It's just, that, that's why I enjoy wrestling. that That's just... Chef's kiss perfection for me.
0: That's where wrestling transcends entertainment and just goes to another level where you do feel yourself almost without knowing just getting caught up in it. And that and that that was absolutely spectacular. Um, who else should we do here? Scott says, uh, CM Punk's return, number one, has to be. Uh, number two, uh, Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks in that brutal cage match at All Out. Uh, and number three, Scott says, just RK Bro for being fun. They
1: are consistently the thing that makes me smile the most on Raw, but it's just, it's such sweet sorrow because Randy Orton doesn't play well with others. We've got proof of that over a 15, 20-year career. Randy doesn't play well with others, and in the lead-up to WrestleMania especially, Randy doesn't play well with others, and we're getting to that time of year where I just think Randy's going to hurt our friend Matt Riddle and just break his little heart.
0: I think it's going to happen in the Rumble, isn't it? I can see. I, it yeah. could do. Yeah. Uh, now, this is interesting. Our friends, I say friends, I feel they're our friends over at Cultaholic. I'd calling, say we're firm friends. Firm friends. We'd like to come and, I would say, be with you, but not like that, you know? That's interesting the way this con- this podcast has gone today. <laughs> uh, if uh, We would like to live under their umbrella, I
1: think is the phrase you're looking for. Like Basically, in my eyes, Cultaholic were flirting with us on, uh, on Twitter this week, and... Uh, we, I'll put my suit on and come to a business table and we can negotiate, hash out the terms for uh, this to become a Cultaholic podcast essentially, we will be
0: asking for millions well, What leverage do you think we have in a negotiation with Cultaholic, short of uh, cra- we have to be scrappy Charlie, we have to lads, get their attention. I'm bigger than you Oh that's true, yeah, yeah. There you go yeah, um, right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so so our, uh, Jack the Jobber from over over that way, and they do great work at Cultaholic, and we sure you already know about them, and if you don't, what have you been doing? Fantastic wrestling content. Uh, says, it uh, could be any order, really, but mine, CM Punk returns to wrestling, of course it is. Uh, Adam Cole and Brian Danielson debut all out, and number three, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair's Mania main event, which in this bonkers year had passed me by, but it's in with a shout. It is,
1: for a number of reasons. One, just a brilliant match. You go and watch it and it's just two of the best in the world as women's wrestlers right now having a brilliant wrestling match. But it was also, it was a bit of a bigger moment than that was. I don't think I fully appreciated the time until probably the reaction the next day of two women, first of all, only the second women's main event of WrestleMania. Also, two women who were ethnic minorities main eventing a, the biggest show of the year in wrestling together I didn't probably fully fathom what a huge moment that was until it was reported on and seen the response from people online. That was a huge moment.
0: Yeah. If you can't see it, you can't be it. And there'll be lots of uh, young women and, and young boys for that matter, who will look up to that and think I, I can do that now. And that's a huge moment. And, and I, yeah, it has to be in the conversation. Mitch uh, Wadden again from Cultaholic says, uh, look, if it's match of the year, I'm with Charlie all the way. In terms of moments though, for me, CM Punk returns number one, Sasha versus Bianca main event, WrestleMania is number two, and Moose Ruins jo- Josh Alexander's night at Impact Bound for Glory is number three. Some people will hate me for it, but I'm also giving special mention to the John Cena return as well for that incredible pop. And again, what a moment that was that doesn't even make the conversation. First of all, I don't watch much Impact. It's not my, like I
1: say, I haven't got that many hours in my week. It's not the one that gets it. But even I know how good Moose is. Moose is brilliant. And he's a, just, he's a star waiting to break out. And he, I say waiting to break out. He is the star in Impact. I think when he wants to, one of the big two will absolutely want to take him. But we almost forget that we had brilliant promos, brilliant matches, brilliant moments with Cena and Reigns in in Summer. It was, it was excellent. And that was one of the matches I was most excited for this year was Cena versus Reigns at SummerSlam. Um, Again, another great moment in WWE that has revolved around Roman Reigns this year.
0: It's a strange one with Roman, isn't it? Because he's a definition of consistent excellence where he hasn't done any one thing where you go, wow, that was such a moment with Roman. And yet he's been at the centre of everything good, I would argue, that WWE has done. And and that just shows... I mean, you take Roman Reigns out of things for WWE, it's a very different year.
1: Yeah, he's been the standard bearer, the, the absolute pinnacle of everything WWE has done. And at times, as soon, especially as soon as they got rid of NXT in its original format, the only thing really I'm going back to watch weekly, that's the only thing I know... I have to see each week is what's happening in the Roman storyline. The rest of it, I'll pick up reading about it on the, on the website or seeing bits here and there. But I need to watch everything Romans on the Friday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, we will do more of these next week. If you haven't got involved already, Jack underscore Merley on Twitter, Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter as well. Um, for a bit of fun as well, if you fancy it, uh, why not take CM Punk and the all out end out of it and see if that changes your conversation? Because I think uh, the majority verdict is those two moments are in some form at the top. But if you would take those out, what would your top three moments be? Be, please let us know uh and it, it's it's been a hell of a year in professional wrestling but now it's time to turn away from wrestling and look at everyday life the things we love the things we hate the things that are earning a push the things that are going back to developmental first or second this week i went at first last week so i got second this week okay i got thoughts this week earning oh okay the, earning okay the push earning the push model railways not toy model railways Model railways where you go to a place and they say, Hey, they've got a model railway here. Do you want to go for a ride on the model railway? Because I went to see my nephews last weekend, love them to bits, knackered, but love them to (laughs) bits. And there was a model railway. And I thought, God, I'm 33. It's been so long since I've ridden on a model railway. And it was great fun. And not only was it great fun, you had a load of mostly blokes there who were giving their heart and soul and sundays to keeping the model railway going and they had a cup of tea they had little jackets on they were following the 10 mile an hour signs they were buffing up the carriage it was lovely
1: you're going to learn something about it now as a child i was obsessed with trains obsessed with trains and um my obsession changed to wrestling and superheroes it seems but i very easily could have been you know, you see the brilliant um, francis the train spotter, on instagram Really good. That could very easily have been me in another life. To the point where we lived at the bottom of our... So where I'm from in Liverpool, I, we don't really get buses around, you get trains. It's a great train line. Everyone I to get as a, as a teenager, I get the train. When I was four, five, six years old, I would be taken by my mum and dad uh, down to the train station uh, dressed in my fat controller outfit from Thomas Tank. Yes, he's laughing. And I would, for hours on end, have my whistle and have my flags, and I would wave my flags and blow my whistle as the trains came in, and the train conductors would wave at me, and I would think that I was giving them permission the to go on, and we would, at weekends, travel miles to go to model railways. We would, we would go and see model railways so I can absolutely catch up with this, yes.
0: Because Liverpool, home of the Beatles and Ringo Starr, who narrated the Thomas the Tank Engine
1: TV... Oh, don't get me started on Thomas. I was obsessed with Thomas. I've got... Well, no, my mum has got... All my Thomas's. I've got about 300 Thomas trains in the loft of my mum's house. And if I hadn't taken them out of their packets, they'd be worth a fortune. But they are so battered because they were played with.
0: I, I love trains. Hello, Charlie. Here he is at the train station again, <laughs> yes. waving his flags about. Um, well, I didn't expect that to, to come out. Yes. But you know yes. what? Not surprised. And if you would like to listen to our train spotting spin off podcast, <laughs> Up the Junction, available on whatever platforms. <laughs> whatever platform you get your pods from <laughs> you're right to continue yeah let's go okay back to developmental and i'm i apologize if you're doing this wanageddon now i don't know what it is i see a lot about it i don't really i saw that you lost it for your other half this week i don't really understand how you manage that or what's going on now, what I will say is there may be a charity aspect to this, where if you lose, you donate to charity. And if there is that, that's grand and I'm all on board with it. If you like Charlie and you don't know what Whamageddon is, if maybe you're listening in a part of the world where Wham aren't big, um, it means that you have to go from the start of December to Christmas Day without hearing Wham's Last Christmas. And if you hear Wham's Last Christmas, you have lost, you have entered Whamageddon. It's incredibly boring to hear people all the time going oh lost wham again today day set don't turn on the radio if you don't want to hear wham my job is to play music on the radio my day job if you don't want it don't listen to it and yes my boyfriend did lose wham again i think he put on twitter a nice little funny ha 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 jack's lost me a again what actually happened charlie i'll tell you in the safe space of the podcast is we were driving i turned on radio two. it was playing and he shouted oh, you little prick, and slam <laughs> the steering wheel and then turn the radio off. So it gets nasty, is my point.
1: There's best I've done the in this year. I've um, converted to Radio 2 and Radio 1. Mm-hmm. That happened this year in my, 26th, right in my 26th journey around the sun. I decided that was the time. Uh, I, like a bit of, uh, I like a bit of Steve Wright in the afternoon, the big show. That's the one for me. That's the one for me. Uh, oh, a little bit dear. of factoids. So there's, there's, there's something else. But no, one again. I would not enjoy. That. I love last. Christmas. I think it's a great song as well. I oh, really like it. It's brilliant it's, a, it's brilliant. Brilliant song. The biggest issue with our generation is we can't write a good Christmas song. We can't do it. There isn't a good new one. And you might know more. You're, you're a, you're a disc jockey. Um, <laughs> you might know more.
0: Careful how you say that. But I am. Yes.
1: Uh, right. Should I move on to mine before we end up so we don't want to be there? Mine are fairly brief this week, earned the push, and something you gave the push to about three months ago at Fields, um, is putting the Christmas tree up. Yay! Uh, we did it yesterday, which is late, but it was because we had to have some work done in our house, so until we'd had the work done, we couldn't put the tree up. So we had it done on Monday, and we got the tree up yesterday, and it sat next to me, and it looks magnificent. We have we have a Christmas dinosaur decoration. We have what? a stegosaurus. I'll send you a picture later. We have a stegosaurus in a little Christmas hat, and he's brilliant. Why? I uh, saw so him at a Christmas market a few weeks ago and I went, well, he's coming down with us. He's going on the tree. <laughs> um, we have some rogue ones. Yeah, we, but probably the This is our, uh, our Christmas dinosaur. Um, and for the second time, going back to developmental is uh, myself this week. I made a big error again this week. Uh, so I need to go and have a long, hard look at myself. What do you do? I um, think I told you, I sent you a picture. About four weeks ago in a match, I ripped my ear off a little bit, didn't I? You did. And I, I had to get it glued back on. Uh, after the game, so I, I ripped it at like the bit that connects your ear but to your head behind it in a tackle. Got it uh, taped up in the game, got it glued back on. The next week, I got it taped, padded, or a scrum cap got a fine. And then didn't play the week after because a little shoulder niggle. I played this weekend. I'm three, four weeks post ear ripping off. I um, didn't enjoy wearing a scrum cap, so I just got it taped and padded and thought that'll be fine. Uh, the tape got ripped off in a tackle. And the next tackle, my ear did again. But this time, glue wasn't going to do the job. So I'm currently sat here with four stitches in the side of my head because I stupidly didn't wear my scrum cap again and my ear re-ripped off. Um, So I need to go and have a long, hard look at myself uh, because a few members of my family said, Charlie, wear your hat again. I said, no, no, it will be fine. Uh, And I came off the pitch to just basically... If the eye roll emoji was a text, they are the texts I had from members of my family. I need to go back to developmental and just start wearing my scrum cap, look off my ear a little bit.
0: Did you know it had happened badly straight away? I mean, I've never... As as soon
1: as I did it, hilariously, I heard it. Because, of course, I did. I heard it. And then I got up from said tackle and I put my hand on my side of my head. And last time there was a little bit of blood. This time my hand was just red. Uh, it was just covered in blood and I was like ah and the physio came on, he was like oh mate we're going to need to stitch that one this time he was like we'll go and do it now and I was like no 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 we'll be fine because it was only about 20 minutes of the game, I was like just pad it up Mick, because our physio Mick is brilliant I was like let's stitch it after so we padded it up and then yeah we stitched it after and that was fun because you had this at a very awkward angle and the doctor padded it I kept getting cramp in my side so I kept moving, (laughs) I got stabbed in the head a few times with the needle, it was all all fun and games
0: yeah, you know what I see here? I see the opportunity for an earning the push scrum cap because it will have a double, <laughs> me- it'll have a double meaning in rugby. People's, people will see this and think, he means business. Look at him there, earning the push. And then we we'll go, yeah, but it's wrestling podcast as well. I see opportunity here. I just regret
1: the fact that we do this now and you don't comment on my games anymore because it would just be free branding all the time on the airwaves, just all the time.
0: I did when I used to commentate on Charlie. I did occasionally drop in wrestling references just just to amuse myself. Um well look, I'm glad you made it through a whole podcast with um mm. with your ear sort of not entirely in one bit. Um we should probably have given a warning before that that there <laughs> might be some graphic content, but you're here with us now, it doesn't matter. Look, before we go, uh, obviously we don't know when we talk next week, will we be talking about uh, a Brian Danielson World Championship reign starting in AEW or will Adam Page have hung on to the belt? Obviously listeners will know now we don't what do we think
1: i think we will be talking about a new title right what do you think
0: Yeah, I I think Danielson's going to win and it wouldn't surprise me if there was a surprise debut. Of course, when folks listen to this, they will know one way or the other. When we meet next week, we will have egg on our face or we will look like uh, Nostradamus and psychics. Either way, make sure you join us again next week. Remember, we're after your top three moments of the wrestling year. Uh, If you want to, leave out Punk debuting in the end of All Out to make it a bit more interesting, but it's entirely up to you. Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter, Jack underscore Merley on Twitter as well. Thank you for each and every person's support us each and every week. Don't forget to keep rating, reviewing, and subscribing wherever you get your pods from, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.